broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Hello, everybody. This is Bryn here for uh, Nerd to Know Media on uh, Phoenix 92.5 FM. And this is Nerd to Know Media's newest episode on episode 52. And I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-hosts. Kieran Calcon, thrilled to be here, as always. And Daryl Connor. Hey, guys. What's up? All right, guys. So we have a pretty packed week for you this week. Um, Daryl, do you want to start off with your news? Yeah, um, so first things first, um, I've actually discovered the really the only good licensed game in a very long time, and the best... Wow! Um, yeah, and the best um, Terminator game in a long time. I mean, most Terminator games are cursed, so that's, it's, not a, it's not like... A, it's not a long list of... A high games. bar, like... Yeah. Here's the thing, though, right? I taught that, too. Yeah. And then I started playing this game. And I got on Amazon for like 20 quid. I'm like, all right. You know, I, I, did, I love Terminator. I don't know why I love Terminator. I just do. And I'm like, okay, I'll just play it. And then as I'm going through, I'm like, this game is actually very, very good. Like, ridiculously good. It, it should be. Because, you know, it's like, this should be hot garbage. And it's not. Uh, it, it's like, <laughs> and, then, and then as I was going through, Jim Sterling actually also was of this opinion. 
which surprises me. It's basically like a really, really good Fallout mixed with Terminator stuff. Okay. That's okay. oddly intriguing. Right? It's crazy. And the thing about it is, it's like the budget isn't... The budget, obviously, there was very little budget, so it's, it doesn't have a lot of polish. The graphics aren't great, but they're not bad. But it like... Where it shines, it has a crafting system, has a great upgrade tree, um, the combat's pretty mm-hmm. good, really good stealth sections. Um, and, you know, it, it feels like a lived-in world, too. Characters aren't great. Um, it has some pretty good relationships that you can have um, with the characters as well. And it, it really kind of has all, ticks all those boxes that, as a Terminator fan, you want, but also as a, as a fan of RPGs, you would enjoy as well. Um, the only the only criticism I can I can say to it is that it's it wasn't given enough time for polish, but it can't because this thing was probably like, hey, this is gonna fail. Let's put it out there. So I can't really hold it against it. But I find it ironic that it's more Fallout than Fallout is now. So because <laughs> of seventy six, like when yeah. you say Fallout, are you talking like the the original isometric Fallout? No. No, no, no. I mean, like you know, the 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 Tesla games. So from Fall Fallout Four to like Fallout uh, Seventy Six was the first Bethesda game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, then you mentioned that it's a low budget game. How is there a low budget Terminator game? Terminator is like a multi million dollar franchise, isn't it? Not anymore, dude. It's it's a giant <laughs> franchise. You know, that's what I mean. Like it's 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 a franchise that never should have been a franchise. It has two it has. I personally like the Terminator movies, no matter how bad they are, with the, except, with the notable exception, uh, exception of the new one. Um, oh, I'm a fierce Terminator apologist. Yeah, me too. I didn't realize I was. Yeah. But, um, it's just, it's I've got the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Chronicles on DVD. It's my jam. That's a great series, though. That's a great show, dude. You know? Like, oh, yeah, but no one's heard of it. Yeah, except for people like Terminator. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what I find interesting about this is, is like, I didn't hear about this game coming out. There was literally zero hype. And then I saw like a playthrough, like a couple of play- footage of it. I'm like, oh, it looks all right. And I saw a couple of reviews when it came out and it was like 60 euro. I'm like, I'm not paying 60 euro for that. And then uh, it, 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 it just happened to be up on, up on Amazon for a cheap enough price. And I picked it up and when I popped it in, it stayed in my PS4 for the past like two and a half weeks. That's and right. for context, for context, that horrible train wreck, nightmare fuel, terrible, awful, awful game that sullies the Star Wars name, <laughs> uh, Fallen Order, stayed in my PS4 <laughs> for exactly four hours. And now, it, now, and now it's in the corner of shame. So, you know. Oh. I'm gonna break your heart here. Both my brother and my future brother-in-law are playing Fallen Order, and both love it. You're wrong. Okay, be wrong. Okay, be wrong. That's okay. <laughs> well, I haven't played Fallen Order yet, but all I'll say on it is like it's not gonna be alone in the bad Star Wars uh, pile. Yeah, it's top of it. Yeah, it's top of the new, <laughs> like you. But it's, no, it's just like it's just like okay, right? In very much the same. Uh, see, you've done it. You, well, no, hold on. Who brought up Star Wars? Did I bring up Star Wars? You did, <laughs> you did, uh, well done. <laughs> How long is that? Four minutes. Four minutes, Darren. I need. I need to ring a bell whenever the Star Wars comes up. Like, 
Because I'm, I'm aware that what, what's going to happen here. So I'm like, you brought it up. At least it's me and I can blame myself. <laughs> we, need get like, um, we need to get like a, a constant tracker just to see like how long we can get in each episode without, <laughs> without Star Wars being mentioned. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll keep this short. What I mean is like Fallen Order... Fallen Order had the aesthetics of what someone would think a Star Wars game is, right? Without yeah. any of the depth. Right. Um, it, it, like, it's right. a beautiful looking game. It has, you know, the noises and packaging of Star Wars, but it's just, it's missing that kind of if factor that other games had, unless you're an Uncharted fan. And if you're an Uncharted fan, you're probably going to love it. I just hate Uncharted games. I can't stand them. Mm. Um, I really can't. So... For, for me and for a lot of other people who don't like that game, it, it's missed the mark in that way. And in the past couple of years, Lucasfilm would make loads of different types of Star Wars games. So, you know, you could take your pick. Now we're limited. So that's probably why yeah. um, I have such a distaste for it. But, um, going oh, I see. So if there was a, a broader range of Star Wars games, it wouldn't bother you as much. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, correct. Like, so going back to, what, 2005? Yeah. It was like, you know, you had Battlefront mm-hmm. 2, Knights of the Republic 2. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Republic Commando, the um, Revenge of the Sith game. You know, there's four, right? And you could just pick whatever one you want. And they were relatively new. So if you didn't like one, you could pick another. Now we're limited, but this is the first real Star Wars game that's out in a very yeah. long time. It's the first single-player game. And it's, it's, it's the same problem it, that we had in the, at the, the earlier part of the last decade where... When the when they had the Force Awakens out, the or the Force uh, Unleashed out, mm. they only had those games. So you're going, well, I want a next gen next generation experience of Star Wars. And this is all you're giving me, mm. and if you don't really like it, well, you're kind of screwed because it's the only thing that's out. Well, see, that's you know? it. Like I I didn't I like the Force Awakens. No, no, sorry, I, I hate the Force Awakens. I like the, the Force, Force Unleashed. Um, Thanks for the sound bite, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that context. I'm the one who edits the, edits the show, so uh, yeah. Oh damn! Still edits the shows afterwards, there. Like, <laughs> um, but um, no, what I mean is like I I really like what the Force Unleashed did. It was for me that was like you know ultimate dark side, yeah. light side Jedi powers. The, the, the cook that, who's in. That, that Fallen Order game mm. he's not a Jedi he is a total little wuss and you know you look at him and he'd run away mm. so I just I can't stand him I, I, he's the most un- unlikable character in the saga um, to be fair you didn't like him before the game came out Oh I no! Yeah, I can... the most punchable person in history, or something like that yeah and that, that's got progressively worse so I could only stand him for four hours and I'm like <laughs> alright we're done now and I paid 90 euro for the pleasure. This is like when I saw Slipknot two weeks ago and I walked out halfway through because Slipknot were so bad live after paying what? 90 euro for a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Getting the controversy in early. How come? Oh, because... Uh, okay. The, the reason was uh, Jim Root, the guitar player, has discovered right. a wah pedal and he, <laughs> and he just will not... He just would not stop using the wah pedal the entire time. So I was like, I have to leave before you start getting to your, your good songs. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the disappointment is real, but what surprised me about the Terminator game, right, is the fact that I had absolutely no expectations. And 
Well, I think that's always the best way to get into anything, though. When you're, kind it of- is. Yeah, it is. But but like what I mean is like I've played loads of Terminator games: Dawn of Fate, uh, Terminator Three. Go even go, like actually to be fair, the last good Terminator game I can think of is Robocop vs. Terminator for the oh, Mega Drive. So good. Isn't it? Sorry, Robocop versus Terminator? Yeah. Is that a thing? Oh yes, man, yes it is. So good. It's the it's best. Like, Sorry, yeah. go on, bring you hype it up. Like the, the, like the Robocop versus Terminator is not only the best Terminator game, but it's also the best Robocop game. It's like, <laughs> it is so fantastically great. If I remember correctly, it was on the Mega Drive? Wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was on the Mega Drive, right? Okay, Keen, I'll give you the elevator pitch. Robocop right. goes back in time, right? Right. Uh, sorry, no. Terminator goes back in time, right? And um, right. you're basically going through Detroit fighting all gangs and stuff. And throughout the game, you kind of progress forward and backwards through time uh, as Robocop. Okay. So you got your help to human resistance and all that kind of stuff. But it's so gloriously violent. Like, <laughs> there's just blood everywhere. The weaponry is fantastic. You get to fight not only Terminators, but also all the bad guys from... Uh, Robocop, the weaponry is awesome. You get to use ray guns and all kinds of stuff. It, it's, look, if you haven't played it, um, mm. play it, Keen. It, it's on. It's on the Raspberry Pi. Um, so do play it. Um, oh, lovely! So it's waiting for me, is it? Waiting for you, yeah. And mm. it's just—it's one of those games. Like Excellent. I got it. I got it when I was like five, and my dad loved it. So I've been playing that game for like what <laughs> 20, 26 years now. I remember. So, <laughs> and I still play it. I play it during the, I play it during the week. It's just an absolutely spectacular game. But that, that shows you how long it's been since you could actually say that about a Terminator game. This one, while it's completely different, it has that kind of hook, you know? Like, the, the start of it's a bit not great because you're completely underpowered, but as soon as you get a, a way to fight the Terminators with the ray gun, you're like, cool, this is... Or with the plasma rifle, you're like, this is cool, you actually have to do stuff. But, um, you know, it has cool hacking mechanics, so you can actually, like, hack turrets and get them to fight for you. Uh, cool lockpicking mechanic. It's pretty much the lockpicking mechanic from Skyrim. Um, it has something for everybody. And it's, you know, for the price point, it's better than a lot of other games. Like, as I said, Fallen Order lasted four hours. This has been in my PS4 for two weeks. And up until that point, um, no other game other than Battlefront 2 was able to do that. Because Battlefront 2 is what I play most of the time anyway. So um, I would say check it out if anyone hasn't done so. And uh, did I hear I heard this game has like multiple endings. Is that true, or like yeah. branching yeah. paths or something like that? Yeah. So, so like, tell us a bit about that then. How does it work? So basically, like you know, if you fail, you die, right? But you can right. also t- you can also take choices that open up different options. So like if you're I haven't completed it now, so full disclosure, I do know what happens because I watched a full video on it. But hmm. from what I gather, I think there's like four to six different endings. Okay. So, so you, you, it really is quite deep because it's a full Terminator story inside of this action game, you know, where the, ter- where the Terminators come back to kill you because you're very important, but it's also in the future. So it's, um, it really is quite a good, quite a good hooky movie without being too, uh, it, it just shows, for example, that like the Terminator franchise, the future isn't in, you know, what we've seen a million times. It's in yeah. this kind of, you know, post-apocalyptic world where humans are trying to survive and the war is, is ongoing. And I think that's that's probably the better way to go forward with the franchise anyway, if it's not dead. But, you know, whoever made this game, I can't remember the name of their developers now, but 
you know, give them more money, give them more time, and I think we have a proper triple A sequel um, from this. Well, I mean, that's the best way to go about it, though. Like hearing about games by word of mouth recommendation. That's how Undertale got big, you know. Yeah. Well, it, a lot of people are a lot of people are probably not going to give this a chance based on the born before, but uh, seriously, there's no reason to worry. Yeah, it's just it's a lot harder though when people feel like your brand is like damaged goods. Mm. You know, like it's. I mean, for the, for the, there was a really bad period in the '90s, going back to Star Wars games, but like there was a bad period in the '90s where every Star Wars game was a bit crap, and it. Uh, it, like it only really came, started coming out of its shell a bit once it started just focusing in on doing on a, on a releasing proper trying to do proper experiences rather than just doing a bit of every trying to do um, it was a bit weird because it was like a bit backwards to what happened in the mid two thousands where they did a bit of everything and it worked really really well like when they were trying to do like point and click adventures for droids and different. Uh, and doing different games based around that, around like base building and stuff like that, it just didn't work. But then they also brought out Dark Forces, which did work. And Dark Forces like lasted pretty much a decade in terms of games being released. You know, so it, it it's a weird, it's one of those weird things where like depending on like it, unless you get really fortunate with a franchise, if people just go, well, this produces bad games all the time. Like Superman is a perfect example of it. Where, um, like, uh, like I mean, how many Superman games are there that are actually good? You know, I got zero. Yeah, <laughs> and if you saw someone going, "Oh, there's going to be a new Superman game," now you go, I'll, "I'll wait, I'll wait, yeah. I'll wait for gameplay footage and decide if I'm definitely not going to play it." Like, <laughs> well, you know, the only the only good kind of Superman game that I can think of is actually the fighting game, is the Justice series. That's it. Yep. But that's, I mean, like even then, that's like it's not really Superman experience. No, exactly, exactly. Um, like, like, I know that uh, there was a rumor that Rocksteady were going to do one for a while, but in a word, guys, buy the Terminator game. You have a PS4. Yeah. You you will love it. Honestly. Yes, I'm hyped. Yeah, it's good. I look, you know, if if you're if you're into like a Fallout good experience, you'll enjoy it too. But you know, definitely, definitely do. Uh, switching gears a bit. Um, another thing I want to talk about, I touched on this last week briefly, is um, the glory of the retro flag GPI case. Right? So this is a case for um, Raspberry Pi Zero W, right? And that's right. basically it's a tiny Raspberry Pi that's about the, smaller than a credit uh, What's it? It's smaller than a credit card, smaller than, you know, it's, it's tiny, right? And basically what it does is it takes that computer and makes it into a Game Boy. Literally. Okay. Literally a Game Boy case, right? Um, so you can run, you, you build it up, turn it on, and you, you install the scripts to make sure it works and that kind of stuff. And then you have basically a, a Game Boy that can play everything basically up, up to a point. And um, yeah, this thing, man, it's uh, it's about, about 70 euros. Uh, and then with the, with the Pi, it's, what fifteen, and then that's it. So, but for about hundred euro, you can you can get this game system that you can carry in your pocket, and it's it's one of the most robust ones that I found. Now, obviously, you have your phone, so you could do it. But this thing, for what it offers, is great. And online, 
there's people who've built made their own versions it's fully customized customizable so you can get the base version and then you can like you know mess around with it. i've done that now with, with um with this build i'm using myself and uh i just want to get the actual name of it hmm. so there's a few there's a few of them you can get um online if you search the best places to do is to search uh, retro flag gpi case builds on youtube and you'll get like a bunch of tutorials and how to do it and stuff like that but uh just want to get the actual build that i'm using now give me a second yeah so it's called the G- the magnus rc supreme gpi version 2 that's the one i'm using at the moment and it's that's the one that uses the double a batteries for power it does that's the only downside oh that's proper retro yeah. That's the only downside. However, I I got a I got a bunch of uh, rechargeable batteries mm. and they're charged in forty five minutes, so I'm good. That's class. But it's, it's, um, I've heard that the the one that's based off the Game Boy Advance one uses an in, uh, uses like a, a lithium battery that's like installed in the back of it. So oh really? Uh, yeah. So like is that out yet? Um, as, yeah, I've actually seen it. Um, and it is it is out yet. It isn't out now, and you can I think you charge it off of USB C, so it charges pretty quickly and just charges oh, cool. slowly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, um, it's weird though. Personally, I've never li- I never liked the GBA. Yeah. Well, that's what I was about yeah. to ask you. Are there any games of a Game Boy Color or Advance you'd be keen to play enough to get these machines? No, 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 no. The thing about it is right. Um, what I mean about I never liked the GBA. Uh, um feel that's what I mean to say the actual console uh, okay. I love but um, I, I grew up with the Game Boy Advance oh, sorry with the Game Boy Color so this is actually the same size as a Game Boy Color yeah. <laughs> so it, it's perfect but yeah no, when the when the mod comes out for um, for a lithium battery I probably will change it up but to be fair you get a couple of chargeable batteries man and you're good to go so yeah, yeah. It is, it is. but to answer your point Keen, um for academic purposes, if we were to say that, theoret- that theoretically these builds would have theoretical games or ROMs, if you will, that you could potentially play in an educational way. Um, yeah, there's loads well, the proof of, of concept, Kian. You know, exactly. We're, 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 only, yeah, yeah. we're only talking about having a thesis, trying to prove the thesis that it is possible to have. Uh, sequential ROMs being used exactly in a way that could interact with button input, and <laughs> you'd be able to use this in a portable fashion. Exactly, and there's nothing sinister. speculatively though. Yeah, <laughs> and and some of these builds online have everything ready to go as a proof of concept. Yes. So you know, like the ret- the the software that RetroPie uses is called RetroPie, and you can go on GitHub and get it, and basically it just loads in all the emulators and sets it up right because it's just an operating system that is on top of and a Linux box. You can then just marvel at the programming mastery that they have used, and really just comprehend the the level of academic prowess, prowess that's been put forward by these people. Exactly. To, uh, exactly. Emulate so, existing systems. But what what this opens up um, is is pretty cool because not only does the, does this system play ROMs that exist, it also plays, and a lot of these packages include um, ROM hacks. So ROM hacks are games that exist from other games. So you know, one I discovered yesterday was uh, God of War for the NES. 
<laughs> which, which is a rom of Castlevania 1. I'm Very just cool. imagining like Kratos in the little pixels and like yeah, running around literally. throwing his axe. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has the blades of Athena, so it does actually work really, really well. Um, and it, look, there's just, there, there's loads of them, you know, like all the Sonic ones, um, Sonic Mega Mix and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a really cool little system to have. Um, but like up until this point, like I still, for the nostalgia of it and for the builds and the actual artistry that some of these people have done and the custom the customization that you can do, it's actually a really, really, really nice little system that I would recommend because it's, it's very, very cheap. Honestly, like for, for, the, for the time. But the amount of fun that you can get out of it. It's oh, yeah. Fun. Like a like 100 euro is, you know, cheaper than... Um, cheaper than you know even the game boy was yeah. so it is it is quite um a good investment but you know on emulate the best emulator in my opinion is still the the original xbox that's the best emulator you can get um like it plays everything even nintendo 64 perfectly um the or uh, psp go you know if you if you mod a psp go uh theoretically academically of course um you would <laughs> proof, of, proof of concept have the best emulator on the market but the battery life is pretty bad on those um, that's the only thing the battery life is about two hours the battery life on this thing is about four or five hours so you know it's two dozen of one you know so um, yeah there you go that, that's what I would that would be my lock of the week <laughs> well it's funny you bring that up now because like uh, Stevie got me a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, and I've been stunned by the fact that all these like next generation Final Fantasy games are on it, like together, like five or six of them, and they're not even cracking half the memory. Like gaming technology has just really just like quantum leaped in the last five years. Do you not think in that respect? Games aren't big, man. You know that's the thing. Like they're they're really not that big now. They are, you yeah. know, and it's one of the things that I hate about modern gaming is the fact that way. You know, you come back from work or the gym or just being out and you come home, you're like, right, I have exactly 90 minutes before I have to go to bed. Let's play a game. You turn it on. Uh, it needs <laughs> yeah. to update. And you're like, oh, you know, the heck with uh, this. Like, yeah. So like, it's, it's, kicking, yeah. it's kicking the nuts. Like, you're like, what do I do? There's something what am I supposed to do? about having a games console, having to do software updates. Because this was like the whole uh, reason why games consoles became popular. So exactly. Well, look, your PC has to get a software update, but our machine doesn't. Yeah, You're going, that's like, it. Okay, great, this makes sense now. And then, you know, around the time of the PS, around the time of the Xbox 360 and PS3, you started seeing these updates come through, and it's just like, you know, th- these are necessary, but it's necessary in a way that's inconvenient for me. Yeah, like this yeah. is obnox- This is obnoxious. You know, yeah. where you buy a game. And you spend sixty euro on the game or whatever, brand new game. Let's say it's AAA, brand new game, and then you yeah. pop it in, and it has a patch that's like forty gigs. Yep. And you're like, okay, so I guess I won't be playing you today, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's fine if you're a kid or in college or anything like that. Heck, even if you're in college, you won't have time. But I mean, like, when you have a specific amount of time for this, and you're like, I why well, don't need? I should not have to download you to play you when you're not a PC or when you're on a disc. It should yeah. just work. You know, like I get why it doesn't work, uh, but that doesn't mean it's effective and that doesn't mean that it's a good thing to happen. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a frustration when 
you're trying to when you're trying to put when you're trying to uh i think you when you're trying to like just set aside time for it even with the way that games are now like i find increasingly that a lot of popular games are just actively wasting my time yeah me too that's <laughs> uh, why i don't like them that's why i'm not a fan of it you know at, I mean, like again, like I'm playing, I'm playing. Like it's, I'm not exactly playing games to kill time. I'm using it to like pass my time pleasantly. I don't necessarily, mm. see, um, but I don't necessarily see like open world games that are just going well arbitrarily. It's like, well, we don't trust you to explore the world, so you have to go to this place and kill, uh, and uh, and you've got to go to this specific place on the map and um, take out this base. Or we don't trust you to go on the map, so you have to hunt for stuff. Or you, we don't trust you to go on the map, so you have to like find these items. Yeah. And L- I, literally, literally every Ubisoft game yeah. since Assassin's Creed too. Yeah, but it's I mean like it's crept into other uh, open world games as well. Like I mean that's Spider Man is like that Spider Man and like Infamous and like a yeah. bunch of other ga- other open world games as well. I can't stand it. Like yeah. I, I hate the fact that that's happened, that that's become a that's become a very, very popular thing. And it, it was for a very long time where every game had that. Every big game was, well, I know this is pretty much just going to be Assassin's Creed with a new coat of paint, yeah. or it's going to be Uncharted mm. with a new coat of paint. And we're still not past it because they sell. But it's more just because, like, you haven't really got much options, right? No, but it's, I think as well, though, with a lot of, like, like the the next kind of like swing of this is going to be well. Do you see how much like it's like Dark Souls and it's like <laughs> oh, deliberately unpleasant. Yeah, Cuphead in three D. Yeah, like I mean, like I when it comes to stuff like that, I just go like, oh great, like is that like sure, like Dark Souls is a like Dark Souls is a wonderfully unique game, but not mm. everything needs to be like Dark Souls. And look. look. Look, here's the thing. When everything is Dark Souls, nothing is. is. Yeah. You know, and that's the same with everything. Well, I mean, that happened... That, that is what happened with Skyrim, though, wasn't it? It's Skyrim, but in the Wild West. It's Skyrim, but the future. That kind of thing. No, I would say it's Assassin's Creed, but, you know, somewhere else or whatever. And it's kind of the same kind of... It's just yeah. this kind of game design by committee. By committee. <laughs> You know, like yeah. biggest example of that was Watch Dogs. That's when I completely fell off the the wagon with hype for a while after Watch Dogs. Then I got back on the wagon for Star Wars Fallen Order. I know I'm never getting back on that wagon again. You'd have to kill me to get back on that wagon. Gonna um, the wagon, gonna paint it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'll be, it'll be a bring out your dead wagon for me to get on that because no way, never again. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's. I think that's like the thing, though. Like, I very much because, like, I I've kind of fell off of the loop of uh, gaming for a few years. So when I got back into it, I was kind of I was already playing with a uh, paying for a backlog that was basically a generation long. So I've kind of just mm. like th- my relationship now is very much one of what I would call a patient gamer, where like. <laughs> The the like outside like I'll maybe buy one new game a year like for this this year the only game I intend to buy brand new straight away as soon as it's released is Cyberpunk and aside from that I haven't seen a single game where I'm like oh I need that straight away well, see, like, like th- that that's th- you hit the nail on the head there like there's nothing 
there's nothing that grabs you. You know, I find when I play a game, a new game, I'm disappointed in it because I'm like, this is supposed to be the best that you have. And that's why when something comes out and it's actually decent, you're like, oh, well. Like, for example, the new Doom is supposed to be incredible. And it will be because the last Doom was great. Yeah. You know, uh, the games that I've really enjoyed are, like, surprising me greatly. Like, one of the biggest games is that in, the, in this generation um, that was just, you know, a must-play for me was Jurassic World Evolution. I played that for what? weeks. What, really? Weeks, yeah. I have all the DLC. I have all the achievements or the trophies. I'm like, uh, except for the, the the most recent DLC, I haven't got around to that. But yeah, man, that's the game I enjoyed most this generation. Holy moly! Yeah, I love I love my sim games. Yeah, <laughs> the game I enjoyed. Oh, most. that was the one with the like, like it was like a park simulator. Yeah, that yeah, one yeah. looked great. Yeah, yeah, and it's made by the people who do the, the theme park simulators, like uh, theme yeah. park, theme uh, roller coaster and all that kind of stuff. Uh, sorry, what's yeah. the actual name is not it's not roller coaster tycoon. It is I have it here on my desktop. It is Panic Coaster. Yeah, and Panic Coaster is hmm. cool um, because you know you kind of do the same thing. But um, yeah, I you know I got that for the PS4 and you know finished the game, finished the DLC. I, I, there's two more DLCs that came out. So I finished those. But um, it's just you know a well-made game that doesn't actively ruin your time. That you know it's everything that you kind of want. Near Automata. I've really enjoyed, um, but that's an old game now at this point, and I picked it up this last year. So, you know, as I think, the, I think Brenda, what you're doing it makes more sense. Where you're, you're letting the games kind of distill. Yeah, well, it's it's also a portion of just um, like one of the things that uh, it's also just a portion of like kind of letting like waiting to see how games play out. Like because, mm. I mean. Like one one of the things that like uh, I like I didn't buy the game I got it as a present I got Crash Team Racing for the Switch. Right. Oh yeah. If it was me, I probably wouldn't have bought that game when it, when it was released. It was just only I got a present of it. Mm. But within I think within a week of me getting that game, they put microtransactions into it. Yeah. And that immediately would I been, heard that. Yeah. I I immediately would have been like, well, that's a no, that's a no deal for me. Not getting mm. it. Yeah. Like, I mean, and like Derek can attest to this. Like for me, last generation, the best game I or actually, yeah, for the PS, as part of the PS4 generation, best game I, I've played has been Fire Pro Wrestling World. Yep, he plays it all the time. Like literally all the time. It's just all the time. Like, it's it's his. Like you're on Steam, it pops up. It's yeah. like, oh, there you go. Look at him there. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that's you know that's true. But it's like, I mean that that game just like, that game is just like it's easy for me to play, but. I mean, I think with like I remember, I remember like last Christmas I got to, I got Red Dead Redemption, mm. played the first two hours of the game, and then immediately went. This is a sixty-hour playthrough. If I'm skimming, <laughs> yeah. and like when you're getting that feeling two hours into a game of going, this is sixty hours. If I'm skimming, yeah, it's like, do I really want to commit that kind of time? <laughs> Like, it's not even the, the commitment, it's the fact that, like, I find games like that, you can't get into them because they only get interesting after, you know, eight hours. And you're like, mm, this, it's like, mm. I don't have time for this. I have work yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, this is crazy. Like, the, the difference, though, is like, you know, if people go, like, well, Paul, what about playing a role playing game like Skyrim? They like, say, well, Skyrim is different because you play Skyrim for two hours and you've. You're in. 
yeah by two hours in you've found you've gone to uh you're pretty much at dragon's reach at that point yeah you've already you're already about to fight your first dragon yeah that's like two hours like you get a a good bit done like skyrim has one of the best things about skyrim is that it like while there is a lot of time you will sink into the game it's a game constantly feel like you're getting stuff done like with with skyrim you can sit there you can bang through it all in eight hours yep right just bang through the story or you can do what everybody else did and bang like 120 hours into it i know people who have like almost a year in it with all the data camera and stuff every single day for a year uh, I've but, never finished Skyrim because I just keep getting sidetracked <laughs> but like you know <laughs> you know when, when it's when it's a unique thing like with uh, Kingdom Come which that, that's its whole gimmick it's historical accuracy and it's great yeah. and it needs to be praised for that when it's done for like malicious reasons saying oh we need to kind of hold these on and stuff it's just like no that's yeah. that's poor game design yeah, but it, it's yeah. also like. Do you sorry sorry to cut across you there, Bryn? But do you wonder like because I remember hearing this theory that like Disney was trying to muscle in the cinemas by only having like the Rise of Scott, the Rise of Skywalker, what was the last one, Last Jedi, and it was mm-hmm. two and a half hours long. And the trade off of a longer film, even though there's less screenings, it's also less time that another movie is playing and that someone could be going to see. Do you think? Game companies are designing games to be longer that's so that you're not going to another company. Absolutely, what's happening with games? I, service. I yeah, okay, yeah, okay. That we're we're, like, we're touching on we're touching on two slightly different things there. Yeah, well, I just I wouldn't say that that's the active approach of a game, right? But what I would say is, if it's a game that is online and you want to keep going, they yeah. want it to be the next Fortnite. Absolutely. Like, I mean, if, if you look at, um, like, pretty much every big publisher has their, what we would call their service game. Activision has Overwatch. Um, Bungie has, uh, uh, Bungie has the, um, has Destiny. Um, yeah. EA tried to have, EA, EA tried to make, um, uh, anthem uh, thing and that failed. I was gonna say which w- which one had anthem? Yeah, EA had anthem and that failed pretty gloriously. Uh, oh God, help them! Apparently, they're not doing that roadmap anymore. Isn't that like don't people deserve their money back because they were promised like loads of extra content oh, later on? Because there's they would they would make an argument for them not deserving their money back, even though I would argue say, well, you're saying it's a service when it suits you and it's a good when it doesn't. Mm. Uh, like, yeah. like, like here's the thing, guys. I, I have a, I have a confession to make. I actually, I, I tried Fortnite two weeks ago. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. And you know how far I got? The menu. Ever. The menu. <laughs> Why? Because it confused me. I didn't know how to start the game. I felt like such a boomer. I was like, <laughs> like, what? I've hit the start button. Why don't you work? And then I got annoyed and shut off the game. It's- it's so interesting because I teach young kids, like, you know, and uh, half the class will be like, Fortnite, Fortnite, and the others will be like, no, what are you, stupid? No, Fortnite, and it's completely right down the middle. But, like, there's no middle ground of, like, eh, Fortnite. It's either love it or hate it among the kids. Is it, do the, you, it sounds the, like it made you feel old. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't know how the game starts. I don't know why it didn't start. 
<laughs> it's just like, what is this? And why do people like it? And I'm like, you know, this we need. This is why we need to bring bullying back. Fortnite is why we need to bring bullying back. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you yeah. want me to like go to school and ask like the seven to nine year olds on, on how to get through that first menu? No, <laughs> you need to be bullied to stop playing Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you don't want to just like hire a seven-year-old Dara so he can show you how to play Fortnite? <laughs> no, I don't want to play Fortnite. I just, I'm done now. I'm done with it. I'm like, <laughs> like you know, South Park episode where it's like, how do you how do you uh, get a horse in Minecraft? <laughs> right? No, see, Minecraft made sense. Minecraft was fine. It was like this is cool. It's like it's adult Lego. This thing, the game didn't start, and it's like, oh, it's like these events. I'm like, what are you talking about? Just play the game, man. Come on, just hit the button. It's like no. So yeah, from this way, this way, this way, the lobby, lobby, and you were just waiting, and you just been like, I can't wait any longer. <laughs> this is why kids yeah. are. This is why kids are stupid. I'm sorry. No <laughs> offense. But if your child plays Fortnite, no offense. What are you talking about? <laughs> if your child plays Fortnite, <laughs> take it off them and get them a PlayStation. Two. <laughs> when I have kids, I swear Guys, to God. When I, I have, when I have kids, I swear to God, there's no Fortnite. It's just not going to happen. Also, you should remind them that that no matter what anyone says, a seven-year-old's art is terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Depends on the seven-year-old. Yeah. By the way, a lot of what I said is in jest there, except for the fact that I thoroughly, <laughs> except for the fact that I thoroughly hate Fortnite. And uh, yeah, you couldn't start the game. <laughs> I couldn't start the game. I don't know why it didn't start. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to propose an idea. Don't. Let's do a panel someday where we all try and play Fortnite on like the big projector screen. So what? So hold on. So so the three of us. I just stuck there on the main menu going, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the crowd could offer up suggestions. It'd be great. Okay, fair enough. It'd be so maybe fun. maybe my kid would be seven by then and she could show us. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. It's <laughs> <laughs> just what? like these three grown men scratching their heads while she like sets it up. Yeah. Like, two, like three grown men, two of which work in IT. <laughs> what I mean, it made no sense. <laughs> it's like all the stuff. So that if you had all the stuff that should. If you had to recommend Terminator or Fortnite, which one would you go with then? If I had to recommend, if I had to recommend taking a bath in acid or getting the coronavirus or Fortnite, I'd recommend or fall in order. Oh, oh. No, the coronavirus is still probably better than all of them, right? <laughs> Actually, speaking of the coronavirus, did either of you see the uh, the the, uh, the news going around that like uh, the developers for uh, Plague uh, for Plague Inc. the board game and video game were actively telling mm-hmm. people not to play the to play their games as an educational method for understanding the coronavirus? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Although to be fair, right? Um, I watched Contagion last night and actually did properly scare myself again. I'm like, oh no, this is bad. But um, I look, here's the thing. I actually, uh, I actually love Plaguing. Plaguing is a game that I play an awful lot. Like Plaguing is great. I but it's just very of. funny that they actually had to come out and make a statement. Yeah, because because Plaguing is actually very difficult, and the goal of the game is to not kill everybody. But your virus always like usually does kill everybody. So they're probably like, oh hmm. god, this is just going to. You know, 
this is going to scare a lot of people to think that everyone is going to die because that's <laughs> kind of what happens in Plague Inc. Mm. Um, you know, like I've never actually completed the game because my virus always kills people. So, but I have got all the achievements <laughs> for different combinations of it. But yeah, play, actually, Plague Inc. is on sale now on the on the Chinese New Year Steam sale. Ironic. It's so funny at the same time. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, so, no. it's so dark and funny. It's like, well, <laughs> I appreciate this. <laughs> like malicious irony. Was that on purpose? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's super funny. You know, fair, fair play, lads. You made a great game and now everybody's scared of it. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I don't think we'll all die. Well, that's a sign you've done something well right there. Yeah, just uh, my advice, don't watch Contagion. Um, I saw I saw a great um, fake movie detail for uh, Contagion where it's like Gwyneth Paltrow plays a, a patient who uh, who's uh, di- who's dying of a virus and continues to die because she used goop products, <laughs> <laughs> which is just perfect because her all of her pro- goop products are just muck. Like, <laughs> yeah, didn't she release a candle recently? That's her. Oh yeah. no! Oh no! It goes at five o'clock, lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna leave it there. But uh, <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, "What?" what? Like, what I is mean, going on? There's, so many, there's so many like weird products that even without going into the more risque things, like she had one for um, she had like all oh, she had something for warding off vampires. I can't remember what it was. I think it was like a, oh well, at least that has some medical purposes. <laughs> what medical purposes? <laughs> many vampires warding off vampires. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the group and have a look. <laughs> Stupid guys! Person. If you want to laugh, the the Goop Christmas ad that came out uh, like last month is the funniest thing ever. So a friend of mine sent it to me and said, "This isn't a parody. It's that bad. It's like <laughs> I've got to send it to you after this and like do a full breakdown. It's the funniest thing I've seen in ages." <laughs> it's you still there, guys? Yeah, I just I'm I'm just, I'm trying to look it up there now at the moment. Uh, that's. You know, uh, it's got it's got like all the normal talking points, and then occasionally it will go. You stare into the abyss, and it stares back, and all this kind of stuff. It's really strange. Actually, while while we're on a bit of a tangent, I did actually uh, I do have to recommend another thing. So Sabrina um, season three came out. Oh yeah, I saw it had some songs on it, didn't it? Oh, what you say, Bryn? I heard it's terrible. That's lies too. Um, fake news. Fake news. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Terrible in what sense? As in, like the worst, <laughs> the, the worst season of the three. In what sense? Because, <laughs> like, there's merit to that, but in what sense? I literally didn't hear more than that. Okay, I'm, right. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Right. It's not terrible. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. But it is very, very, very silly. <laughs> Right to the point of it kind of has to be, yeah. Because it's so dark that they level out with it being very, very silly, right? So they've now moved away from the Christianity devil stuff, and now they're with the pagans and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but they're moving towards Lovecraftian terror now. So season four is all going to be about, and anyone who knows how the comics end, she marries Cthulhu, right? So I was trying to figure out. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what happens. So, 
I was trying to figure out how this happens, and now they're doing it, they're setting it up. But when you introduce a concept of Lovecraftian eldritch horror, you kind of have to be a bit silly, right? So there was a lot of weirdness in this season, and I didn't hate it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I binged it, actually. I enjoyed it so much. But um, I can totally see why this has lost people, because it's lost a lot of its like dark dark darkness they put songs in it now and i kind of i hate most of the songs because it's the terrible band it's because they have a band now and their band is really terrible covers of like really terrible songs like mm-hmm. teenage dirtbag and such and you're like oh this is this is the worst thing i've ever seen yeah. and um but then it goes back in but then it goes back into just you know a regular a regular show she's a cheerleader now i enjoyed the cheer songs they were fun because it broke up the kind of dark elements of it like she'll go and she'll drag someone to hell and then they'll be doing cheerleading he's like it's kind of funny <laughs> you know so i i would i wouldn't i i understand people saying this is the worst but i wouldn't say it's bad it's just different um and he kind of had to go this road because it's very bits of art just very dumb but also in a good way like it's 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 like riverdale you know Riverdale's kind of dumb too but it, it it was never kind of as it never took itself as seriously as Sabrina did, and I think they kind of hit the balance now where they're like, right, well, we got to kind of transition a bit to get to where we're going. But you know, this this is a series. Well, I'm glad you said that because because I tried watching the first episode of Riverdale and I couldn't figure out is this silly or dumb on purpose? Yeah. Or is yeah, it talking down to me? I couldn't no. figure out which it was, you know? No, it's 100% on purpose. It's trying to capture, okay. it's trying to capture that tone. It's, uh, the first two seasons of Sabrina didn't have that. They were just straight up horror. Right. right? Straight right. up, absolute, like, proper terror horror playing the first season. But because they're trying to work in more of this expanded universe and they're trying to, like, do crossover and stuff, they kind of have mm. to ha- have a matching tone. And this is the series that has the most tone matching to Riverdale, to the rest of it. And I would say, look, in reality, the demo that these people are going for are not 30-year-old men. Um, <laughs> it's not. What? Um, really? You don't say. Yeah, but they don't, that's not a bad thing, right? No. Um, like, the, the demo for My Little Pony is also not 30-year-old men, but, you know, we have bronies. Um, <laughs> but I would say it's it's just, it's very if you like the first two seasons and you want to see where it's going, be prepared for the singing. Be prepared for the more Riverdale element of it. If you're a Riverdale fan and haven't seen Sabrina, get through the darkness of the first two seasons and you'll get out near the end. But I really appreciate what they do um, and where it went and how it's going. So I really enjoyed it. And you know, I when I watch the show, I'm like, I just want to know what's happening. You know, and I don't think the show is bad or insulting it's just it's kind of silly mm. well I, th- I think like when most people say something's like the worst thing they're mean in the con- in the con the confines of like whatever it's associated with mm. you know like, like, it, it, like dude, here's the thing you know people talking about saying oh it's the worst of the trades like it couldn't go any darker yeah you know like where it was it really couldn't you know yeah uh, the one that the one like my own my own reservation with um like with the show is that like it's the same creative team that works on the Arrowverse and the with the Arrowverse is yes they do Arrowverse wow. yeah. oh I didn't know that. I yeah. thought it was, so I thought it was the same team that do that do Glee yeah well it was um Greg Berlanti is like the guy who's behind the Arrowverse stuff right and historically with with in my opinion anyway with every uh 
it, it's something that 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 I've seen with every Arrowverse show was. First season is solid but flawed. Second season is the best season in, in the run. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of falls off a cliff in terms of quality. Mm. And I felt like I felt like the first two seasons of Sabrina absolutely uh, absolutely um, followed that same method. I and like I watched the first season of Titans. Mm-hmm. I am literally not watching any more of Titans because of how the how the first season ended. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah, no, you're going to do the exact same thing where it's going to be a really good season two and then it's going to fall off a cliff. Like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair, but I wouldn't say it fell off a cliff by any yeah, stretch of well, imagination. Yeah, just, like, see, the thing about it is this has a definitive ending. This yeah. is building to a definitive thing, right? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's weird because it, it, it's the only series series of TV that I can think of that has, that resets its setting so quickly. That's the that's the biggest flaw with it, right? Where you know season one, she gets baptized, whatever, instantly resets in season two, builds up <laughs> her going to the academy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, instantly resets, and the same thing happens again. So it instantly resets where she has to go to hell and get her boyfriend back. They, you know, spoilers. They break up, and you know she ends up being queen of hell or whatever, and that's kind of the story. But it's like, it's like. The very the very early part of the season completely resets all the stakes of the last season. So you're just sitting there going, "Okay, well, this was pointless." But it, yeah, the, the, See, uh, like for me anyway, with the with the Arrowverse stuff, that happened to me way too often. Yeah, and I just find it unacceptable when a show basically is like, "Oh, this entire thing we built a whole season up to doesn't mm. matter," and I'm yeah. just like, "Well, oh, fuck you." <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. What this has gone well, for. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the roadmap thing and Anthem, isn't it? To tie everything back together. Well, but, Keen, the thing about it is the creative team, the people writing the show, are the same people who wrote the comics. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, then so, that's a slightly different then. Yeah. So, that, what I mean in that sense is it's this will only go maximum five seasons and then that's it. Yeah. Right. So, there, so there isn't this, you know, protracted, long, drawn out. 10 seasons of garbage you know because yeah. if it was I'd be like no screw this but it, 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 they are building something man. I'd say look anyone who watched it don't jump off the bandwagon just yet just just wait for it let the bandwagon come back speaking of the bandwagon come back in the time you have left Ken, I need yeah. to talk I need you to talk okay. both of these things and I don't understand why so go I like both of them yeah Right, go on. Okay, well, I'll keep Doctor Who as brief as I can. It's hard to say... Have you seen it? Yeah. The episode, I mean. Yeah. Did, yeah? Yeah, it's terrible. I will, uh, I, I will say, I like horror more. Yeah. I like Jodie Whittaker. I think they should just replace her with Jodie Whittaker. Uh, sorry, just well, that's the thing. We don't know if that's what they're building up to. It's hard to talk about this now because it's clearly a setup for what's going to happen in five years' time. So I don't want to jump to too many conclusions. Yeah. But yeah, I liked the actor. I liked the way they brought her into it, even if it was kind of recycling a few ideas from earlier series. I liked seeing Captain Jack back again. I that thought was cool. that was yeah. fantastic. They should have yeah, kept him sticking was- around, though. That's the thing. He, you know, everybody likes Captain Jack. Uh, yeah, but I think Doctor Who, it's it's kind of, its strength is in every couple of years. Like like you were saying about Sabrina, it, mm. its strength is kind of in the way it reinvents itself every now and again. Yeah. So I think to some extent you need to kind of keep it a bit partitioned off. I don't to have that, that as well. But, but it was nice to see him again. And I did, 
I don't know. Like I said in the review I put up on Geek Ireland, if every episode was like this, it'd be exhausting. Mm. But considering Jodie Whittaker has really gone out of its way to avoid legacy type things for the most part, I kind of it was fun for one episode. That's what I'd say. Do you think like the like, the reviews on this have been terrible, and the ratings have also been pretty bad. Um, and I saw this. Do you think this is like a reaction to um, to those? Yeah, I think, well, that episode is Dan the Master being back in the start of the series. That is a huge reaction to the fact that people didn't like that there wasn't, you know, Daleks every week and Ice Warriors. The series went out of its way to avoid bringing things back and just have new things. And I think that was a good decision because the Capaldi's run was very, very buried in the lore to the point that it was bordering on inaccessible, unless you were a fan already. A bit like... Mm. uh, well, one of the other things we're talking about, sorry, it slipped my mind. But uh, yeah, no, I think, honestly, I I think this uh, bar episode three, I think this series is making the right decisions. The Tesla one last week was fantastic too. And like, I mean, we had to keep pausing that episode last week with Captain Jack and the new Doctor and kind of trying to figure it out. But it never felt like they were winging it and making it up as they went along. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm on board for where they're going. I like that they're having their cake and eating it too, as far as having a plot and having the standalone stories. Doctor Who's never quite managed that. So I'm on board to see where it's going. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, though, because you don't seem as impressed. I I do have to say something, Keen. You know, I admire your resolute... (laughs) <laughs> support of Doctor Who you know I'm just like the whole thing could be on fire and you could be like it's fine it's just a little warm take your co-op you know I well, just, I, I, I just I, I, you know it does it is something that I'm like fair play because you know well I see it's, it's slightly different from Star Wars which I know is where your heart and soul is uh, but uh, Doctor Who's already been cancelled once mm. like you know if it if it, if it dies a death in the next Doctor's generation. 20 years, it'll come back. It's a show that's its premise is very resilient to, you know, going off and now and again. Like, this is the 13th, 14th now Doctor, 15th if you include John Hurt. Like, like, I'm interested to see where it's going. And so far, I think... I think Doctor Who is at its best when it's taken risks, even if it falls on its face. And that's always been my attitude with it. So if they keep doing that, I'm going to keep sticking around. The second they start doing the last, uh, what is it called? Rise of Skywalker and start redoing stories from like the classic era beat for beat with Mm. better special effects. That's when I'll check out. You know, that's a very fair point. Um, And you know, we have a lot of fun. Um, I like to, you know, pull stuff from the fandom menace because those guys just go off. So if anyone's wondering where I get my term from, <laughs> it's usually from the fandom menace guys. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, to be fair. The overreaction to that was it was it was an overreaction. I I haven't hmm. been a fan of this series. I wasn't a no? fan of, but I, I liked it more than I like Peter uh, Capaldi. I didn't like Peter Capaldi at right. all. He turned me off. Completely. No, I was like yeah, I just I found it very cantankerous and you know not. I think that that age of Doctor Who is gone, right? Um, but yeah. for me, and the concern I have with this as an outside observer of the show, without you know being a resolute fan or anything like that anymore, um, it's the the rewriting of the lore and the retconning. So, uh, bringing in this new Doctor who we don't know, 
she is supposed to be the first doctor from my belief. Well, like actually, that. we don't we don't yeah. have any clarification on no, that. No, we don't. She doesn't. She certainly would be. Yeah, but yeah, she doesn't know what a sonic screwdriver is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what I mean about this is, what it looks like it's either going to be some kind of pocket dimension or whatever, or else it's going. And I, I would rather that. But if this is a rewrite where they're hmm. they're, re, they're retconning this again to insert another doctor, like the War Doctor made sense because it was twenty years in between. Yeah. And it's like, right. Well, yeah. this makes sense. Gallifrey is gone, so where did it go? <laughs> um, so that made sense. But with this, it's like, okay, what's going on? Now, it also felt very much like the River Song stuff where I'm like, I've already seen this. Like, this is the, yeah, 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 the yeah, same yeah. way, you know? I'm like, I've seen this before. So I, I, I just, I didn't want to jump the shark too much, but I, but I did want to have a bit of fun with Jakeen because I have to, you know? Yeah. It's just, it is. Yeah, no, no, no. If you want to rile me up, Doctor Who's the way to my heart, like, definitely. I'm I'm still up, yeah, I'm still cautiously optimistic, like, because they made a point of re-destroying Gallifrey after bringing it back in the start of the season. And then there were Gallifreyans in the story, so... It's it's not going to be something obvious. And, you know, even if it is an earlier version, like, you know, there were... It, originally in Belore, back when the fourth Doctor was the fourth Doctor, there were it's often say there were earlier versions until they decided there weren't anymore. So, yeah, very much Doctor Who is very much a kind of like one of those quilts that's made by like fifteen people. It's mm. they make it up as they go along, and as long as they're fairly consistent, I don't mind too much. They do, and I'd, I'd say you know it's still too early to see what's going on, um, but I you know. Danger, Will Robinson. I just, I don't have the faith in. <laughs> but look, yeah. I could be wrong in this. I hope I am. I don't want to see Doctor Who cancelled. But um, I have seen some people lose their, you know what, over, and I've been entertained. So I've been holding on to this since I saw it because I'm like, I need. Where, to where have you been? Where? By the way, I when I watch an episode, I like just I write a review for Geek Ireland, and then I check the other press thing, like the independent and whatever who've done previews of it. Where do you find your reactions? Because the reactions YouTube. I read are obviously different from the ones you're... Oh, I see. Yeah, the fan okay. of You know, Doomcock and uh, Mega Random 19, that's who I watch, um, usually. So, you know, whenever I'm checking out of a series, or else, um, what's it, uh, Nerdrotic? Um, yeah, because I, yeah. I haven't got time to watch all these shows, so, you know... But I do have to get, get your talk on what <laughs> you watch. You'll watch other people watch them? Yeah, well, you know, they're on in the background. You know, they they got upset for me. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah all right. But you were missing you were missing last week, Kane. All right, to talk about Picard. Yeah. And me and Brian had a little talk about Star Trek. Didn't we, Brian? We did. Oh yeah, well I'm gonna i I'm gonna keep this brief because yeah, you still there, Brian. Oh yeah, of course. Do you, do you have do you have anything to say about Doctor Who? I have Absolutely nothing to say about Doctor Who except that I'm aware it's exi- that it exists and will probably continue to do so. Fair, uh, fair. You know, it definitely does exist. I can't argue with that with you. Yeah, no, it, it, like it, uh, Doctor Who is one of those things I just never got into. I've seen, I would say, I've seen, I can count the number of episodes I've seen on one hand. Mm. And like, it's always been like, like it's very like. I think the episodes I saw, I saw like maybe one episode with Christopher Eccleston as the doctor. Mm. And I think the rest of the ones I saw were David Tennant. And oh, well, then we're, going, we're talking like 10 years ago. Like, yeah, 
Mm. And like, okay. my feeling towards them was kind of the same as like the the Kirk Star Trek episodes, where mm. I enjoyed them, but I didn't feel like watching more. If that makes okay. Sense. That's fair. That's totally fair. You know, it's not TNG, so. Um. Yeah, and and and, out of the t- and I'm gonna let you, Bryn, uh, lead this question of Keen because I'm gonna uh, recruit myself because I uh, I'm not a Trekkie. Yeah. So, <laughs> have at it, you guys. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Trekkie fan. I just really like TNG. Yeah. Like my it's like my favorite version of Star Trek. Um, it's still my favorite. Yeah. I've heard DS9 is really good, but I just can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> I know it has Kyle Meany, and that's where all the great Roddy Doyle Star Trek memes come from, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I still yeah, got- D-Space Nine's a funny one, yeah. I still haven't gotten around to watching Picard, but how, how did you find that? Yeah, it's compared to Discovery, where it's kind of... It has lore stuff that's fairly shallow. Yeah. It feels like Picard is very much written by people who love or respect TNG because there are there is so much of it and Star Trek lore in it immediately. Like, have you heard anything about it yet? Because I don't want to spoil too much. I've heard little bits and pieces, but once I've heard anything like massive, um, yeah, I mainly I've been paying more attention to who's in it than what's in it. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. It's uh, yeah, the. It's a slow burner, which I've got to say is a first for Star Trek as a whole. Like, it's yeah. very much just getting to know him again, seeing where he is 20 years on, slowly setting up how much has changed since the next generation ended. Like, and God, it's, it's the episode gives him Patrick Stewart so much to do as, as to, in terms of acting. Like, the first 10 minutes or so are just him being interviewed for a TV thing. And he gives like his massive monologue about Dunkirk and like you can tell Patrick Stewart must have a hand in the shaping of it, but it's really nice. It's the characters are great. It's not rushing through things. There's loads of TNG references if you know what they are, but if you don't, it's well set up. It's yeah, I've got to say it's fantastic. Me and Stevie actually went back and watched it again, which we don't usually do with TV, you know? Yeah, but I think especially with like Patrick Stewart, and if you just if like again if you just like give him time to do his thing, it's just so enjoyable. Yeah. Man. Like I mean, it was just, it was the same thing watching uh like uh watching him and Logan, and you're just going, what the hell does this guy have to do to get awards? <laughs> like you know, because he's yeah, <laughs> good. Like, well, I I'm glad you brought up Logan because it's very if. Deliberately or not, it's very much Star Trek Logan because it's him, obviously, in his late 70s. Like, And the Federation, I won't give away too much plot, but the Federation, he has parted ways from it on very bad terms and there's some dodgy stuff going on. And it's very much him trying to kind of find his way and get his groove back and Deja's involved. And it's, it's just really, really good. And it doesn't talk down to you. There's barely any action in it. It's just like it's a really good character piece. That's awesome. But it's, I mean, that's always been one of those things that's like been kind of funny about, like, uh, especially with TNG, where it's like the Federation is good and pure, except for certain individuals. <laughs> like, and it's always like these bad actors who are the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and like, 
you know, you go further than <laughs> PS9, and well, then there's a lot of bad actors, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a when you've got like seasons of like 26 episodes a year, you're always going to get a few odd bad ones here and there, especially in science fiction, which tends to bring out the more animated actors than other genres, you know. Yeah, I don't know what it is about sci-fi on TV, but it just attracts really good actors to do really weird parts. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. And like, you know, the cl- the cast. You've checked out the cast from this one, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, it's the cast across the board is stunning. Like, even apart from the returning characters, like. Uh, there's like I don't know everyone, but like there's I know Alison Pill from you know Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm. She's in it as like a recurring character. Uh, they've got like all these kind of not big name actors, but like I think they've actually got a fairly well known Irish actor. It's one of the Romulan regulars in the show. Like it's a really, it's really impressive what they've done with it. I'm really hyped to see the next episode that's going out this week. Yeah, oh, like uh, uh, as well as that, it's just nice to see like um, so many of the TNG uh, originals being back in some form or another. Mm. Like, I mean, you've got like the likes of uh, Jonathan Frakes doing; uh, he has like directing credits for a bunch of episodes as well. Yeah, and like, well, in the trainer, him and Marina Sirtis are coming back as well. Seven of Nine as well. That's just such a cool. Like, oh man, like like, it's. It's one of those things where I think it's because it's been so long since uh, TNG originally that now it just feels like it's a really nice reunion kind of show. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, actually, funnily enough, watching it the first time, there was a few references. Like they mentioned Maddox from. Do you remember the episode uh, where Data's put on trial for his own autonomy? Have you seen that one? So that that's such an that's such an unexpected thing to have as a, as a callback. Yeah, exactly. But then actually the episode itself, not to give away, the, but the first episode is about androids being outlawed. And like, you can go back to that episode from the original show and watch this new one. And there are so many little references you wouldn't notice unless you'd picked up of and gone back. Same with uh, like, they've got the Picard, happy Picard day banner up at one point. Like, there's loads and loads of, they've got holograms. That's a Voyager thing. Like there's so many, it's clearly written by someone who loves it, but doesn't feel the need to show off if you know what I mean. Yeah. That's great though. Uh, even like, even sorry to be tangenting, but even like this, this, the episode opens with a song like playing on the radio. Mm-hmm. And my brother pointed out, that it's the last song that plays in Star Trek Nemesis, the last Next Generation film. So they've clearly either know their stuff or done their homework. Like they're really putting in the work. Like yeah, possibly done both. That's possibly. Some, yeah. Some of, are, some of those are such interesting choices, though, for like mm. things to call back for. Because like, I get, but again, like when you have that much of a wealth of material to pull from, it's kind of easier to to kind of go, well, people might not remember this little nugget and kind of um, uh, pull and, uh, re- and bring it back. But um, yeah, like, I mean, now with, now with the way that like the, with, with the way that streaming is now, I think it's a lot easier to have shows like that where you can kind of just make them into effectively like just lore, like a uh, lore. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, hey, do you remember this uh, this obscure note? Here you go again. <laughs> like, yeah, know. yeah, exactly. But like, what I liked about this one is it's not just TNG. Who like the creative team seemed to respect all of Trek because a huge plot point, to, not to give away too much, was that they had to do an exodus of Romulus because it got destroyed by a supernova which was what the excuse was to launch those J.J. Abrams films back 10 years ago or whatever. So that's still canon, despite not needing to be. And they made an entire big plot point out of it. So they obviously care about all of Trek and not just TNG. And even just TNG would have been enough, but that's still really impressive. Yeah, but it's like they're they're just trying to kind of like tie everything together into being one cohesive thing it's like as yeah. he's, he's like just trying to wrap it up as a nice little package yeah <laughs> oh i see <laughs> oh well brent definitely get on to me as soon after as you see it because i definitely want to talk to to you about it now because i actually don't know anyone else who's seen it yet i've been looking around trying to find someone because it's on Amazon Prime and not everyone has it like the way they have Netflix, you know. It's just a shame. Amazon Prime is the best. Yeah. Welcome back. Oh, no, I never left. <laughs> I just didn't want to be mean and not talk about stuff I, I have no interest in. It's not as... Well, uh, I'll give you something. Sorry, you go on, Bryn. Like Amazon Prime is a really good streaming service and has a great selection of shows, but it's not as good a streaming service or has as good a selection of shows as what I can dig out of a very specific hat I have at home. <laughs> Fair. <No. laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, I do have to say that one thing that I thought about when you guys were talking um, that made me get sick in my mouth a little bit. The fact that the doctor refers to her companions as the fam. Mm-hmm. Every time that's said, I get a bit sick in my mouth. So I get a bit sick in my mouth when anyone refers to anyone as fam. Unironically, of course. If it's, if it's but, ironic, then it's fine. But yeah. But isn't that like a Sheffield thing, though? Isn't that like kind of lingo from Sheffield? No. No? I thought that's I what that was. No, I think it's like trying to be hip with the kids. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. Think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Capaldi turning up with the skateboard and the hat. Exactly. <laughs> actually, actually, to be... Actually, his kind of, his costume kind of is that, and it still works. So, what do I know? <laughs> kind of is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, I, I'm glad you. Uh, it, it was worth worth it, Kane, and it wasn't uh, a, dis- a disappointment because I was kind of like, oh, I hope he's not disappointed because I know anytime I get I get hyped for something, I just get disappointed. So I'm glad to know that at least one of us isn't jaded. Well, actually, funnily enough, Dara, I know you're not a Trekkie, but I was thinking of you before, because it went out at midnight or something like that. It went out around that time. And right. myself and Stevie were like, and she's like, oh, do you not want to watch it? And I kept kind of making excuses and making other cups of tea, because in that Star Wars Force Awakens way, if it's not good, it makes Next Generation also less good. Yeah. So I was really, really nervous about it, you know? Yeah, no, that, that was the thing that I was kind of like, Oh, it's risky. Hopefully, they don't ruin it. So, it's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. And then, look, I, d- I don't care if it ends up being bad by the end of the series, as long as it's made by people who care. That's all I want. Well, that's the main thing. You know, I think that's that's the difference between between what we got with Star Wars mm. and what we got with uh, with pretty much everything else, where it's just made by committee and nobody cares and everybody got rich, except for the fans. <laughs> I think the one thing did though- everyone get rich? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think the one Force thing Awak- the Force Awakens made serious money. Yeah, I think the one thing that really helps though with like, sure, like there's always that gamble with something that's like new to something you love, mm-hmm. where you go, where like, if 
you're either you're like there's only two things you can really hope for. Either one, it's really good because then you could just add it to the pla- to the other things yeah. that you like, or you can hope that it's it's so bad that it makes everything else seem so much better and so much more <laughs> special than it was. Then <laughs> it's just kind of attached on like a limb that shouldn't be there. Like yeah. And, um, but it's like that's the only way to really think to really like uh, to that's the only things you can really hope for with it is Jersey going to come away going oh this is really good or go oh man this is so terrible I don't even have to consider it anymore yeah <laughs> see what happened with like uh, a bunch of the alien sequels where it's exactly. like, that barely happened like it's fever dream it doesn't count like, well, so, see look it, it, and with the Terminator series to, yeah, to bring oh. it back around yeah. um, but like you want something to be either really good or really bad if it's in the middle that's worse because then it's just bland yeah, but it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it becomes an appendage rather than mm. being, you know, rather than being something noteworthy. Exactly. Like, like you want something to really be good or to really fail because then you can have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, but like the Terminator is a perfect thing to talk about in that context then because every time a new Terminator comes out, they act like it's the apology for the last one and this <laughs> yeah. one's going to be good. Yeah. And, and I feel like they is. keep doing that over and over, you know? It's like, no, guys, I swear, this time, this time it's going to be different. Like, do you remember the first line of dialogue from The Force Awakens? It was something along the lines of, this This is going to change things. This will will begin to make things right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, so the the new Jedi, whatever, Force Awakens things were like the apology for the prequels. And then it didn't go well. And they brought back the prequel stuff in The Rise of Skywalker as an apology for the... It's just like an endless loop. Now, uh, now, now, for reference, I've seen The Force Awakens one time, yeah. Angri- <laughs> angrily. Uh, so, and I, I, I remember that dialogue. So that's how much I hated it. I hate remember that dialogue. It's better in the original Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> I hate those movies so much, man. <laughs> I mean, like, but the thing that's like, uh, I think that's like one of the things that like is so irritating about the. Mm about like jj abrams films in general is that like he's never made a bad like he's never made a film i would consider to be great he's made some properly good films the mission impossible one he made was actually fantastic oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like i I, lo- I love all the mission impossible movies from when he took over yeah so, yeah so I, I, that, that I, would be the only one where i'm like yeah that's actually genuinely out of this world great i've i've heard i've read a superman script that was good too oh fair but again, this is like the thing about him making films, though. It's just like I find that the majority of of his output is anywhere from solid to very solid, and there's and I'm no more emphatic than about yeah. that his work, the the output of his work from that. Mm. But the problem with being with, with that being like the gamut of what of his quality is that you come away from his stuff going, there's nothing really wrong with it, but it's kind of like it's the same satisfaction you get from making. A pretty decent ham sandwich. You're gonna <laughs> in your lifetime. Like it's, you know, it's not really like it's not gonna like you remember like you can remember just about every steak sandwich you've had in your life, but you probably can't. You probably don't remember every ham sandwich you've ever had. No, no, it's a mystery box ham sandwich. So you don't know you're gonna get a ham when you start, but by the time you figure it out, you're kind of okay with it. Yeah, fair, okay. fair. You do find out what the origin of that mystery box ham sandwich. Of, of the ham. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
and you just realized that you realized the mystery wasn't even special all along. And you turned, tur- you were trying to figure out who made that ham sandwich, and turned out it was you all along. Yeah, just written, like, by, written by J.K. Rowling. Right. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh man! And on that note, gentlemen, we shall wrap it up for another week. Um, so, is there anything you guys want to plug before we uh, we skedaddle over here? Yeah, we're going to be at Shurikon soon. Yay, can't wait. I'm really excited. Don't know the deets yet, but we'll publish them on the Facebook as soon as we know ourselves. Yes. We hope it's going to be Sunday's the panel. Um, we hope well, it better be, well it, it, look, it better be Sunday, because if it's not Sunday, it's going to be Keen there on his own. Yeah. I will be dressed as a robot, possibly. So at, so. Least, go for, at least go for that anyway. Yeah, yeah if... if uh, if you two can't make it, I'm going to put Stevie and Prim in the chairs and just see how we do. Well, <laughs> see, we could, we, uh, see here, I'm going to be, I'm going, wait, hang on, on Sunday, yeah, on Saturday, I'm going to be in uh, Lisburn, so hmm. I could, could Skype in, but it would be very difficult. Yeah. So we, I think we may, may need to get some potted plants and put a paper plate with drawings of our faces on it. <laughs> 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 what, what, like when Homer like makes his new plant wife when he gets yeah. kicked out of the house? Exactly that. <laughs> you can just have like it just it just on a loop of Star Wars. I Force, am a- got- Force Awakens yeah. bad. All no, in I, bad. We're on episode fifty-two. I have plenty of episodes to go back and make an hour's loop of you complaining about the Force Awakens. Just this episode alone has decent amount. <laughs> Uh, amazing amazing but uh yeah i don't have anything really to plug this week uh just remind everybody that episode two of straight out canto was on the feed oh yeah god her first episode was amazing it was i haven't had a chance to listen to the second episode yet so i'm excited i'm gonna save that um and check that out Uh, yeah like she like she had sorry didn't mean to across you but like even the song picks and the story she told like like that show is great crack check it out if you haven't already Oh, yeah, and it drops every Tuesday uh, about 1 o'clock. So that's when that goes out. I remember our shows go out on Saturday at 5 p.m. with Phoenix and straight after on our feed. Spotify, iTunes, nerdtownmedia.com is our website where you can keep us all up to date. Brian, is there anything you want to plug before we, we finish up? No, I have nothing. You guys kind of covered the major plugs I had. So, yeah, just make sure you go over to nerd, nerdtownmedia.com. Great. All right, guys, we'll be back next week here on uh, Phoenix 92.5. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 